Coming up today on Locked On at Texas Tech, Tech Hoops gets a win over Omaha, but not without a cost. Some lingering injury concern for Devin Cambridge leaving that game. We get into that. Also, Ducks out, Cougars in. You want to be mad? Should you be mad? We'll explore. And we hit the portal as those wheels continue to turn. Next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Everything runs through Lubbock. Great to see you again on Locked On at Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day, always free and available on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. With the only Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. Chris, great to see you again. And we got another one of those, to use an industry term, bucket full kind of episodes as we'll be touching on a variety of topics. The wheels on the portal continue to go round and round. We're getting to the latest there coming up in just a bit. We'll also get to a scheduling switch that we talked about previously uh, that it come to pass as we expected it to come to pass. We'll dive into some of those things, but first let's get back to United Supermarkets Arena, Chris, where Tech put a lot of things together to down Omaha, 87 to 58. There are really a lot of things to like on both ends of the floor. Unfortunately, I guess the result at the end of the day marred by some injury concern for a primary contributor we got to take away. So you tell me where you want to start, my man, because there was a whole lot to take in. And what seemingly coming into it was just kind of a typical take care of business Thursday nighter against Omaha, but may carry a heck of a lot more significance for your season than we anticipated. Yeah, there was uh, there was a lot that uh, that transpired. You're right. Um, we had a, a career night uh, from Kerwin Walton, which <clears throat> you, you know it's one of those things where you you never know what you're going to get when you show up to a stadium or an arena or just go watch a game. You know you're going to see something different, and you saw something very unique uh, if you were in the building or watched it uh, last night. Uh, and Kerwin Walton had a career night. I mean, he had never scored that many points in a college game. He almost didn't miss. Uh, he just missed the one three at the end. Otherwise, his he's perfect uh, from a you know shooting standpoint. And it's it, it was much needed. It has been much needed, and it will be much needed. <laughs> yes. um, you know, but he's. <clears throat> I think uh, this kind of started in the Bahamas. But he's kind of started to work his way in a little bit as far as more playing time, more minutes. And I think, you know, kind of – I don't want to say he took Lamar Washington's minutes or switched roles, but, I mean, he was he, he was inserted into the game before Lamar Washington has been, whereas before that it was Chance McMillan and Lamar Washington. But, uh, but yeah, I think Kerr Walton – and I don't think you, you you're asking him to score, you know – like 22 a night, you know, but if he can, if he can help you score, but the main thing, the reason why I think he's earned more playing time, he's gotten better on defense. You know, the, he, he mixes in a couple of assists, about three boards. He had a couple of deflections last night. He's just much more active on the defensive end. It's amazing how much better you can play on offense and how much better the shots. Can. I mean, the game will reward you, you know, um, and, and it's uh, I, I think when, whenever you, you play and, and exert some energy on the defensive end. So, 
um, yeah, that that was a lot of fun and, and a, a unexpected. I mean, but a lot of fun to see. Yeah, no doubt. And that was something exactly that Red Raider head coach Grant McCaslin touched on post game. Here's Coach McCaslin. Omaha tax the basket. They're one of the best at getting to the free throw line in the country. And so our ability to guard one on one take some pride in individually guarding and not fouling was a huge part. And honestly, I thought the one guy that set the tone for us was actually Kerwin when he came in the game. And and he also, I think that led to him playing great offensively. It wasn't the other way around. If you watch it, he was doing a phenomenal job on Fiddler because Fiddler's one of those guys that if he gets in a rhythm and feels comfortable, he's, he, he can take a game over because he can make hard shots. And Kerwin made it hard on him. and knocked the ball out of his hands we got a loose ball and I thought okay now we're playing like that was the energy we needed and I thought I thought his energy defensively was the difference and then it bled into what he did offensively which he had a great night we still got to be better rebounding one area I felt like was good for us we got to the free throw line and we made more than they took and in a team with that taxed the basket like they do I thought our defense our ability to play without fouling and then getting to the free throw line was the difference in the game. I got to tell you, Chris, after a six for seven night from beyond the arc, a coach that points to the defense being the catalyst towards that is a coach after my own heart. <laughs> I love that from Coach McCaslin there. Yeah, well, and that's uh, honestly that's the way everything's going to be judged, man. Is how you how you guard. Um, you know, it's it's kind of. You know, I think Chris was largely that way. Mark was largely that way. And, and now Grant is going to largely be that way. But, you know, Grant talked about after that Butler game, we, we got to figure out and develop more depth. We got to do some some different things here if we're going to play as fast as, as we're playing right now. And he feels like that's a, an advantage because I think that he knows when the game slows down, that's when they struggle to score, one, and two, at least at times they have. And two, that's where they really struggle to defend. You know, I think they have a hard time keeping people out of the paint. It's just not where he wants it to be. I don't know if you necessarily have the the, the personnel that in place uh, are caught up yet or developed enough to guard in a half-court setting. So I think that any any playing time or positives defensively it earns you more minutes and it earns you trust. Um, and that's why, like, when Kerwin, you know, because, I mean – Look at what Warren Washington did on on their their big and Nick Davis. He, he held him scoreless. It's a kid that was averaging a, in, a, close to double digits in points. Uh, Warren Washington holds him holds him scoreless. Uh, I thought you know he praised Kerwin Walton for what he did. I think you know that that's um, th those are the kinds of things that earn you some some more minutes. Um, eighteen for twenty at the free throw line, led by Joe Toussaint, seven for eight. We don't have to say a lot about Toussaint at this point because he did exactly what you described yesterday. Gave you just about everything that he has to give, as he was uh, a double-digit scorer with eighteen, one of three for the Red Raiders. But before we move on, Chris, I, I know the injury conversation is going to be one that lingers uh, into a few days, and I hope, hopefully, not much further into the season. But it seems like there's some genuine concern. Yeah, you know, at some point, uh, middle part of the second half, I guess it was, Devin Cambridge went down, could not put any weight on his left ankle, left knee. Um, you, you we're sitting here having a conversation about you need more depth, uh, which means you don't you don't have enough guys that you trust or as it is, and you're trying to find more of those. If one of the, if if Cambridge goes down for any period of time, it, it's it's going to sing. And you know, uh, I I don't I don't know. I think uh, th there's. 
there's some concern. Like here's what here's what makes me worried, and I think Grant was kind of he kind of hinted at this last night. I I do genuinely think there was like some real talk about redshirting Kyron Lindsay, okay, and he played last night after the injury to Cambridge, and I think Grant even hinted at that is like, man, we got it. We're trying to develop depth. We we don't know about Devin, so we're we're just so. That's a big decision, and it should kind of, you know, should tell you that they're just thin at that power forward swing forward type spot that they've been trying to play as a big and, and as a power forward and all those kinds of things. So uh, that uh, that was, you know, and again, I'm not, I don't think at that point Grant knows the status of Devin Cambridge, but I think that you're preparing for all scenarios, and I think that that's a heck of a, you know an answer or heck of a uh, kind of a side story there. Like, you know, when you're, when you're sitting there wondering about Cambridge and, and his health status, but um, you know, because I mean, is it, is it, Hey man, he's going to be fine in a week. Is it, he, he's, there's no worries. Is it, is he out for a month, two months? I'm not, don't know, but it, he brings something to you that you simply don't or can't get from others. When they go small, he plays center. And and does it fairly explosively, a lot bigger than what yes. his measurables read. And we we're just talking about his explosiveness yesterday. So anything that, that hobbles that much less keeps him totally off the floor. Obviously not ideal for Texas Tech, but we'll wait and see what the results are gonna be. And luckily, either. yeah, well, luckily you don't play again until next Tuesday. After that, you don't play again until next Saturday. Um, so so there there's some space in between these games, but like you know, because once conference play hits, man, if you're out for two weeks, you're missing four key yeah. games. You know, I mean, so yeah, I didn't mean to, sorry for interrupting, but it's just, yeah, that, that would not be good, man, if, if he's out for any period of time. That, that's about the only silver lining, I guess, in the situation. So I'm glad you included it is where you are scheduling wise right now. And with all due respect to Vanderbilt or whoever else you got coming up, it ain't quite big 12 play. So if there's any time to utilize to get him to feeling better and back on the court, that'd be great. But we don't even know what kind of opportunity you have yet. So only time will tell. All right, let's pivot here. And speaking of time, what are you doing in 2033? First, today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Heat up the action and keep the sports flames stoked this winter with America's number one sportsbook and the official sportsbook of Locked On. There's nothing nicer than cuddling up by the warmth of a nice prop bet or a player parlay. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action with their safe, secure, and easy-to-use app where it's all at your fingertips. And of course, when you win with FanDuel, you're always paid instantly. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 back if your team wins. You'd be a fool not to take a bite out of that apple. So get the fanduel.com slash locked on and sign up today for your shot at $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet that hits with FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. What are you doing in 2033? Texas Tech may have already made plans for you. We'll have to wait and see on that. But this comes across the bow yesterday, Chris, from John Canzano, who I guess will believe in this situation, even though uh, he was the emperor without clothes in the Pac-12 realignment situation. Anyway, Ducks, Beavers. What does that mean to you? Probably nothing. Civil War means a lot, I guess, in the Pacific Northwest. That is back on as a result of Texas Tech in the Oregon Ducks 
now being off. Instead, next year of going to Eugene, Oregon, the Red Raiders are going to go to Pullman, Washington to take on the Cougars of Washington State. Why do I mention 2033? Because there's also reporting of consideration of coming back around, I guess, at some point in the 2030s with Oregon. There's consideration of this beginning a home-and-home series with Washington State that would be returned, I think, like after 2030 is the reporting uh, I saw there. There's a lot to consider. I want to immediately say, harumph, harumph, harumph. Hey, that guy didn't give me a harumph. But I don't even know if there's any justification to Chris. I'm not sure how I feel about this or if I feel any way about it. So how'd you process this as it came across? This was something that uh, Texas Tech was approached uh, Thanksgiving week uh, by the folks at Oregon and, you know, trying to because here's where, you know, look, one side of it is, oh, man, I really wanted to go make the Oregon trip. That would have been really fun. And and, and all those things from 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 the, the tech fan base. I, I, I did, too. I mean, I, I was kind of interested to see it. Will Washington State be as good as Oregon? Probably not. Uh, but here's where Texas Tech finds itself. You have you have two in-state schools wanting to play each other. You can help facilitate that. You've sat here and talked about, um, you, you know, you, you want to play A&M, you want to play Texas, you know, in-state rivals, all that stuff. And so I think that were you willing to help facilitate? Yeah, you were. Um, I think that you did you want some things out of the deal if you were – Asked to adjust, yeah, you you, you did, and I, I think uh, you know you, you'll. Who knows whether these games will be played and, and scheduling. Yes. Here's the thing: I, I just think that the sport is changing so much. I mean, do, do we know that the, the college football playoff is going to maintain at 12 teams for for the foreseeable future? Do we know how how your non-conference schedules are going to be judged? Do we know? Um, you, you know, there, there's just, I mean, do we know what league, um, you know, technically no Washington state and, or even Oregon are going to be in, in, in 10 years, all that stuff. So you, you're, you're trying to, you know, just plan as best you can with an eye down the road, but also kind of the here and now, um, you know, because basically you traded a pac 12 team for, uh, what I guess we would determine a mountain West team, the shoulder shrug conference. Yeah, that's right. And but but I I think I think Oregon really wanted this. Um, I think you'll get um, you'll still play them at some point down the road. Yes, I I know what has been discussed. Texas Tech is not in the position to officially say this or that. Um, I think there's some things tied to the Washington State game uh, that I think will make some sense once uh, Washington State announces it. Um, I think uh, I think you've got a little extra money out, out of it, uh, but it, it's I, you know can can you sit here and say well we we took the whole my, the moral high ground and trying to help these folks play their in state game which they wanted um, I don't know if that is worth anything to anybody but that that is something to consider uh, because I think they were trying to help and and it um, you know you because like the Oregon scenario. Usually it's a home and home. If like somebody, if if you go play at Oregon and they're like, "Hey, we want to switch it. We don't want to come to your place." I think you would have been like, Bull. "Yeah, bull junk," as the Sanders would say. Yeah, but but in this case, you got the home game. You got the you got the best part of it, and 
And so, it, you know, with them wanting to move it, because again, these these were their wishes. They brought this to you. They were trying to do whatever they could to help facilitate. And you may get a home game out of Washington State out of it, which you've still got some spots to fill. Um, you, you'll still get a game with Oregon, it sounds like, down the road. So we'll see. But yeah, um, I, I do. Are you playing in Pullman next year? Yes, you are. Um, I, I think that was, and I, I will say this too. Everyone involved at, at Texas Tech in that decision what was up to date and okay with it. You know, what, whether you have an issue with it or anybody has an issue with it or whether I have an issue with it, everybody was on the same page. They knew everything that Washington State kind of had coming back. There's plenty of members on your staff that had spent time at Washington State. I mean, there's all kinds of dynamics there. Um, because the first thing I thought of was, man, Oregon may lose a lot. And and it, it, it may be good to go get them and play them early. And, and maybe you, 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 you sneak up on them because they don't lose many games up there. Whereas if you go up and lose to Washington State, ooh, it's kind of like the Wyoming thing. Whereas if you beat Oregon, oh, look out. You know, there was that. I'm, I'm just was thinking about it in all different aspects. So I certainly understand all the all the different dynamics and and, and all those things. But uh, yeah, you're you're basically playing a, a road game in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, that that hasn't changed. So crazy, so much to consider, and I can only take it from a fan perspective. Uh, moral high ground. This is college sports. There ain't no moral high ground. Warring self-interest. That's what we described it as earlier in the week. That's what it is, except, I guess, for us. This is so tech, it hurts. We've lost every, well, I shouldn't say every, but nine out of ten interesting games on our schedule, yet we're the ones that will take a lesser game to help somebody else preserve an interesting game if Oregon cared about it so much why didn't you fight for it in the legislature or whatever else you had to do to maneuver it around that part stings to me you are right we already got the benefit of the home and home in that we had them at home but there's also the thought of being back into what I feel like and I know it's kind of a technicality because of the conference alignment and it just changing but what I feel like we were just talking about, we wanted to avoid. We don't want to go to Wyoming anymore. We want there to be a payoff on the road. Well, sorry, buddy, Washington State, in me, in my opinion, is in that same category. The cash, the things like that, totally lost on me, unless that means you're discounting season tickets next year or something, <laughs> which I'm sure will happen. Um, I There's a lot about this I don't get, but there's also a lot about this, this is, that is totally – non-impact to me as a fan so that's why i say like initially i'm like wait a second uh feels like i shouldn't like this and then i'm thinking okay wait why would i actually not like it or how am i going to feel this impact as a fan or for the program i root for and i really just think it's in general chris kind of the the intangible part that i began with you have lost so much because nobody gives a single damn about what you want yet meanwhile we're helping somebody in the pacific northwest preserve whatever they've already taken a chop at breaking up that being Oregon and Washington splitting for the big 10. I know there will be opinions far and wide. So a great place to share those is in the YouTube comments. Please let us know how you feel about this maneuver. Okay. One more go around on a football front before we are out of here today, we are diving back into the transfer portal because names continue to appear in the transfer portal. Chris, what's the latest on that front, including a position we've already talked about this week. Uh, a tight end is saying bon voyage to Texas Tech. First, today's episode brought to you by Prize Picks. Testing your skills on Prize Picks this football season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. And the best way to spice up any game 
anytime. And congrats to all those with the skills to win up to 25 times their money through the football year. And now you can do the same during the hoops calendar as well. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, place your entry, and boom, you're ready to roll. And with the NFL playoffs and bowl season coming up, you can also pick combo projections across football and basketball. With easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and a giant selection of players, projections, and stat categories, it's no surprise that Prize Picks is the number one daily fantasy sports app. So get in on the fun and go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use our code locked on college for a first deposit match up to a hundred bucks. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use the code locked on college for a first deposit match. Up to a hundred dollars at prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Daily fantasy sports made easy. What's the latest on that front, including a position we've already talked about this week? Uh, a tight end is saying bon voyage to Texas Tech. Yeah, and a couple of receivers. Um, yeah, you you uh yeah, who's gonna be playing in Pullman next year? Really is the is the question. Uh, who's I mean, playing I, in Shreveport, man? I got well, that question. <laughs> that too. Touche. Touche. <laughs> Um, yeah, we've got uh, we've got business to tend to in in, uh, in about a week uh, there against the the Cal Golden Bears. Speaking of uh, uh, the Pacific uh, part of the uh, the country, so uh, yeah, the 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 portal continues to to be newsy uh, as it relates to to Texas Tech. So so yesterday, um, we'll take these one at a time. Yesterday, I think. Jaden York sends something out. I think he intends to to portal. Uh, I you know JJ Sparkman and and Loic Fungi both intend or are in the portal, both wideouts. So Jaden York is a walk on. We, we we just saw the news of a couple of guys getting placed on scholarship. Right, he wasn't one of those. And then and then within. 12 hours, 14 hours, he he decides to go to the portal. Is there a direct correlation there? No idea. But was it was it that was the timing of that lost on me? No, it wasn't. <laughs> so I, I mean, I, again, I have no way of knowing if there's anything to that. But I mean, when you put Jordan Brown and Gino on scholarship and and you know, Jay New York's been a walk-on that's played some. Um, you know, and he's, you know, so I, I don't know, but that's the first thing I thought of. Maybe that's uh you know, I don't know what all goes into those decisions, but again, that's what the first thing I thought of. But that's the reason why tight end has always been, you know, 1A right behind the O-line as far as trying to, and, and I guess receiver maybe, you know, switching into that, uh, you know, although tight end will still be 1A. Uh, now receiver may be 1B uh, on, on these deals and list of needs and, and wants. Uh, JJ Sparkman is he's played his last game here as far as I, I uh, understand it um you know I think he had two catches this year uh was more of a blocker um I you know and again I think I think rabbit was asked about this recently too hey what do you think about some of your teammates going to the portal or some of the guys you came in here with and all that stuff he's like man they're making business decisions and that's what you know people people uh you know, can can assume all kinds of things. These guys are everybody's doing, trying to do what's best for them. You know, and I I caught two to three passes this year. I think Jaden York caught three, Sparkman caught two, Loic caught five. You know, and these are these are names that you've seen on recruiting lists or you've seen on depth charts. Um, and and I will say this: I think Loic's going to play through the bowl game. 
He's the one that I won't say for sure is going to leave. He's going to play through the bowl game. Um, I'll tell you, he's one of your best special teams players. I mean, he's, you know, you blocked a punt and returned it for a touchdown. Loa Kafungi did all of those things in the same play uh, this year. I mean, he's been really good on special teams. I mean, so um, he's a nice piece, a depth piece, uh, and, and all those things. But, yeah, I mean, you're, the, the wheels uh, continue to churn and turn on the on the bus that known as the, the portal. So here we go. And continues to be so offensively heavy. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm coming into this period of uh, the offseason. I guess we're not technically there yet, but after the regular season thinking, yeah, there's going to be a lot of that going on. But uh, maybe I was underestimating uh, the numbers in which it'd be going on. And I still got to say, uh, of those that you have lost, um, you know, like we kind of alluded to either earlier this week or last week, um, I wouldn't consider any of those to be in the category of ones that Texas Tech, you know, put a full court press on and just couldn't keep in the LBK. So you process that as you will as a fan, but uh, certainly notable. And I think also of some note, Chris, the wave of athletes who have showed up on campus in the McGuire era, sort of counting the the first class he like preserved and then added a few to whenever he got here. And then obviously what he's done since, unless I'm missing someone, those names not being on this kind of list has not been lost on me either. Am I missing somebody from that category? I think these are mostly pre-McGuire arrivals. Yeah, a couple things. One, go back to who really played the bulk of uh, of your receiver reps in the last two games of the year. Miles was injured, uh, but, you know, you know, Loic wasn't playing a ton or any. Uh, Sparkman wasn't playing a ton or any. Miles wasn't playing. Bradley played, you know, less than what he normally was. Um, you know, York wasn't playing uh, at that point because Mason and, and Cup were back. Um, and so I, I you know, because I mean, in Jordan Brown just placed on scholarship. You saw a lot of Koy Aiken. You're going to hear a lot of Dre McCray. Um, I think Brady Boyd is somebody they're excited about. You've got the three freshmen. You've got Micah Hudson coming in here. Um, you know, you, you're you're going to add a couple at least from the receiver group. Uh, you know, in, in the portal uh, that that adds to 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 the mix here. So um, I'll, I'll just say this: um, look at who was kind of playing a lot, and that should tell you everything. And, and again, these I, I mentioned this example: Trey Cleveland did this last year. He he wanted more and. Uh, and and I think that's what maybe these guys they they want to be featured more, want to catch more football. I mean, you know, again, we're talking with the three guys that we're talking about today. What is that? A combined uh, less ten, 10 catches, ten catches on the season total yeah, between 10. the three of them for 120 yards. Uh, but you know, I you know, it's it's just amazing some of the text messages I'm getting. Like our pets' heads are falling off, and it's like, <laughs> and, and you feel. And there's one more point I wanted to make too um, about Monroe Mills, but I'll circle back. But I, it, this whole thing, I remember this feeling last year. You feel as a fan, you feel vulnerable. It's like, man, last one out, last one out the door, man. Turn the light off, please. Like nobody <laughs> wants to. This is where you trust James Blanchard. This is uh, th- these are. They feel really good about the three freshmen uh, that that redshirted this year. You've got Micah Hudson and others coming in. You're going to add. I mean, there's a dude that you know that you're trying to get to visit from from Washington State. Ironically enough, yeah. uh, that you know, averaging 15 yards a catch. Nobody you had last year came close to that. 
You know, this is, you're trying to upgrade here. It doesn't mean that you can, but this is this is what you try uh, to do. The only and, and I'll tell you the statement that I made to you. There's anybody that you don't want to lose, you will not lose them. I firmly believe that. The the guy that's come closest to that, and they could have bent over backwards had they wanted to, but I just don't think they were going to. But the guy so far that has come closest to that was Monroe Mills. Yeah. So skill players, it's flashy. We talk a lot about these guys. The primary fix must be the offensive line. And the reason why losing Monroe stings is because these guys are harder to find. Uh, I don't think he was all world. He certainly wasn't all conference. Um, He was just kind of a good player most Saturdays, but some Saturdays not. But it was like the devil we know better than the devil we don't. However, (laughs) with NIL and and all these things, it just wasn't – I don't think it was going to jive with – what he wanted, what what all these things are kind of you know playing out, and so but that's the one that comes closest to yeah. to hurting because man, I can I can scheme up stuff to get guys open. I can't block nobody. I had uh, had an offensive coordinator <laughs> tell me that years ago, and that that still holds true. You know you can yeah. do different things and all that with eye candy get guys open, but you can't if you can't block up front. They really none of the rest matters. Maybe even a little bit. Uh, different of a feeling as well when you're saying last guy out turn the light off and blow up the building since we're leveling the son of a gun right now (laughs) we are still gonna have a team right i think so uh they found a place to meet all right chris lots of interesting things to chew on uh from this episode and we're back around to do it one more time this week on the other side so hope you'll join us for that make sure you're subscribed so you never miss one appreciate the time as always man enjoyed it our bucket is now empty um, I, to be we, filled up again. That's right. That's right. We'll uh, continue to do our best here, man. But uh, yeah, hope everybody enjoys their Thursday. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Keep hope alive, everybody. That's right. Happy little Friday to all who celebrate. For Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan, and we hope to see you back here for the next round on Locked On Texas Tech.